Hello and welcome to Walk in the Shadowlands podcast. Let me be your guide as we take a walk into the shadowy realms of the unexplained, the paranormal, of things that go bump in the night and haunt your dreams. Your host? I'm Marianne, and I would like to welcome you to our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, today, whatever time it is, wherever you are living in this beautiful world of ours. So sit back, relax, and let me be your guide as we walk into the Shadowlands together and discover what awaits us there. There are a number of movies whose titles begin with the words a haunting in, some very old, some more recent, all of them absolutely sensationalised to cater to the tastes of the movie makers and viewers who are after cheap thrills. But in the back of the sensationalised movie versions, there are some real-life hauntings, genuine experiences that people had that left them scared, traumatised and in some cases questioning their own sanity. Even people who have never experienced a haunting or been tormented by some seen or unseen entity have heard or know of others seeing or experiencing spirit, ghosts or these type of entities. Whatever these things are that occur on the margins of the Shadowlands, those experiences wonder how to best fit them into the reality of their everyday life. Even amongst close friends the question, do you believe in ghosts? is almost certain to be met with responses ranging from total acceptance to mocking scepticism, or amongst those who operate from a religious frame of reference as demons or devils or simply evil. To see something once or twice, it would be a relatively simple thing to rationalise that away. But to have the constant experiences, to have an entity tormenting you for months or years, slowly erodes away at your sense of peace, security and even your trust in yourself. Who can you turn to for help? Who will believe you? What can you do to stop it and rid yourself of its constant presence? This episode is all about one woman's early experiences with such a situation and then later with both her and her daughters. As you listen, I ask that you suspend judgment until her story is finished. This was a very real and very raw time for Belinda, who was brave enough to share her story with us all for the very first time publicly. This is Belinda's A Haunting in Australia. When I was in my early 20s and I, I moved into a unit in, on the central coast in New South Wales in Australia, from the very first night I moved in there, it felt very uneasy. I didn't feel comfortable. I felt constantly watched. Um, and I didn't, especially didn't feel comfortable being in my bedroom. I felt like I needed a easy escape route kind of thing. So I slept on the lounge in the lounge room. So the very first night I remember laying on the lounge and I woke 
and there was a tall, long-haired, solid man with a flannelette jacket walked in my entrance door um, and closely followed behind him was a shorter man with a bald head and I, my eyes felt all groggy and I, I, I swore it was just a dream but I think um, so I went back to sleep, I woke again, I saw the same people but they were in shadow form now. And I remember looking up and just seeing the short, balder guy sitting on my TV in shadow form and he just went shh like that at me. Um, almost every night I was in this house, in this unit, I would have that feeling. I'd have, have that feeling of, so if you if you were to close your eyes and hold your hand an inch or so above your skin and you can you can feel that there's an energy force there, I'd have that feeling like there was someone behind me. I'd I'd sleep with the covers over my head, tucked under my feet. I'd have the fan going 24-7, just have background noise and block out something. And I would just hear, just have that feeling constantly. I had multiple situations with these same beings all the time. Um, and then it, it escalated one night where I actually had a um, very, yeah, very scary encounter with a, a shadow being. Um, I woke to tapping on the on the roof or because I was, I was the bottom level of a multi-leveled apartment I just assumed it was a couple upstairs having a dispute I woke to hear on the floor ceiling above my bed and it went again just it went two or three times and then it stopped and then they went again and then I heard running across the floor above me and the door above me slamming, people running down the stairs, and then the loudest bang, which I thought was on my front door but could have been on my bedroom door, bang, 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 bang. I freaked. I didn't know what to do. It was about 3 or 4 in the morning. Um, I ended up ringing the police and they attended and no one answered the door upstairs. Um, they weren't sure if someone was in there. Um, there was no sound of movement up there and later come to find out that I think that 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 place was actually unoccupied. Um, so I don't know if what I, I don't know if what I encountered was a, a replay of a domestic situation, but it was very, very frightening. And a few nights later, I was laying in bed. Again, I saw and the door handle started to slowly creak up and down uh just it, it wasn't a round knob it was like one of those side kind of like a I don't know what you call it a lengthways handle and it was slowly creaking yes up and down and then it just slammed down and the door swung open and the door frame was empty for a second and then this the tall shadow being with the long hair was there and then he just lunged at my bed in a shadow blanket form. Um, I was so petrified. I'm even shaking a bit now thinking about it. Mm -hmm. um, my whole body just shook. It was the middle of winter and I was sweating and felt like I had a fever. It was it was terrible. I, I remember telling one of my bosses about it um, and she believed, she believed in the spirit world and she said, um, I don't know who that is, but whoever it is, they do not want you out in there. You need to get out right away. And I'm, that didn't help at all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, within, I gave my notice pretty much straight away. And every morning 
I would wake up just in tears, like grateful that I made it through the night. It was really, I don't know who it was. I, I have a feeling now that it may have been um, to do with there's a men's rehab facility next door, a men's refuge across the road from the hospital. I think it was to do with um, someone who had overdosed and, yeah, these two beings, they just were nasty and, and really enjoyed terrifying me. So, yeah, I got out of that. That was, that was God, that was when I was 22 or so. I'm now almost 37, but it still gives me chills recalling that. I, they felt like dreams, but my eyes would be like really groggy. Didn't, and I didn't know if I was actually waking up or if I was waking up inside a dream. It was a really weird experience. Yes. Because every, the layout of every item in my house was exact. There was nothing abstract. It was exact. So, yeah, I think I, I did, um, yeah, just go into denial and tell myself, they're just dreams. You're just a bit crazy. You're okay. <laughs> and that would be a very normal thing to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that as well, yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I told myself they were dreams, but I may have very well seen that. Saying they were dreams is probably easier to deal with, yeah. Yeah. Oh, before I got scared out of that house, actually, I would started being, I started getting freaked out in my car on my way to and from work, but I hadn't heard anyone because um, I do shift work and no matter what shift I'm in, no matter what shift I'm working, at least one end of the journey is in pitch black. So I'm either going to work at 3am, coming home at 10pm, and it's an hour-long journey. Um, and, I, yeah, I would just feel really uneasy. I just told myself it's just you're just freaking out because it's in the dark and you've had these experiences. At this stage in Belinda's life, she had substance abuse issues that she was very honest with me about from the beginning of our conversation. For those who are unaware, there are lower level entities, low vibration spirit, that have had these issues in their lives, and for whatever reason they have not moved on but hang around the earth plane. Some of these entities still crave the substances they had when they were living and so they often hang around places where alcohol and drugs are freely available and where people partaking of these substances are in a very vulnerable state with low resistance to spirit attachment due to the substances that they're taking. So very often what what these entities will do is they will find a vulnerable person as they did with Belinda and then they encourage that activity in the person they have attached themselves to. And through their living person, they sort of vicariously enjoy their booze or drugs still, encouraging that person to drink more, to take more drugs. In Belinda's case, having entities around was likely not helped by the fact that she was living next to a men's rehab centre. So it is entirely likely that the entities that she encountered in the house were possibly around due to the centre being next door. And if their free ride was being healed in that rehab centre, then they would want to find another that they could influence to continue drinking or taking drugs, etc. And so Belinda moved out of that particular house and things appeared to settle for her in terms of her seeing these entities and feeling them around her. But were they really gone or merely biding their time? 
Meantime, Belinda had moved on with her life and had bought herself a home, had a child, and things seemed to be okay. That is, until her beloved father died. Um, so the most, the most frightening experience though with spirit was just shortly after my dad passed away in, um, he passed away in October, 2016. Um, a few years prior to that, I had started hearing what I didn't realize then was spirit voice. Um, I just thought I was having hallucinations. I really, yeah, I'd. Yeah, I had no idea. I was actually hearing spirit voice. Um, but after Dad passed away, it was quite soon, even before his funeral, that I started um, seeing flashes of shadows from the corner of my eyes um, and I would actually hear his voice. But it felt, it scared me. Mm. And it took me a while to cotton on and realise that I shouldn't be fearful of my dad's energy um so I just hear him making a few a few remarks um I don't know the a night that really comes to me is the night before his funeral um I was I was just freaking out it was like I think I was still in denial about his death and knowing that his funeral was coming up it was um yeah it was calling causing me a lot of anxiety I said to myself, okay, I'll write him a letter. You never got a chance to say these things. Write him a letter. You can bury it with him and get some closure. Um, but then I kind of freaked out and said, no, I don't want to do that. Then I, I have to accept he's gone. Uh, so I thought I'll just get on my phone and distract myself. And then the internet went off. I'm like, no, stop toying with me. I need to distract myself. I went on my laptop. The internet went off on that. Um, I just, I kept hearing him, just do it, just do it. You'll regret it. If you do not do it, you are going to regret it. Um, so the second I sat down and started writing my letter out, I could hear his voice reading my letter out to me. Um, and not long after I started writing my letter, my, I look over my daughters on YouTube. So the internet had like restored itself. But the whole time I was hearing his voice, something was feeling weird and I was not trusting myself I'm thinking a you're hallucinating oh I don't know it's um maybe it's what if it's not him what if it's someone mocking what if this what if that um because this went on for about an hour I was just crying just hearing hearing my dad's voice and writing my letter to him and going back and forth from believing it was him to just thinking I was crazy and um I heard his voice say, you are not crazy, you're hearing me. I can prove it to you by showing myself, but you will freak out. And I'm like, no, 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 I won't freak out. Show me, show me. And then I started seeing just um, glitches of shadow right in front of me, but they would jump from spot to spot. And I'm just like, okay, okay, you're right. I will freak out. Don't show me, don't show me. Just after that, I heard this little chuckle saying she thinks that's her dad um yeah yeah and so that that um yeah that really upset me and I was like but I'm I don't know I was 
scared, but I was in denial at the same time. I'm like, no, you're hearing that, you're hearing that, you're just freaking out and uh, creating something that's not there. So it carried on for about a month or two. I would keep hearing Dad in certain situations. Um, And I would start to, over over the first month or two, I'd start to really be aware of presences watching me, always watching me. Um, and it started to get really uncomfortable. And I talked to my sister's boyfriend at the time and he actually put the idea in my head. He said, just be careful who you're interacting with, that it could be um, a lower vibration entity mimicking. And when he said that, it put chills through my whole body and it started to make sense because I remember questioning well, the night before before Dad's funeral, that voice that, that mocked and said, ha-ha, she thinks it's her dad. And there was a few things that I was trying to deny because I didn't want to believe that it wasn't Dad. But it started to make sense and I started to question. And the night I started to question, um, yeah, it all it came to a head and kind of became apparent that, yeah, there was a being that was um, imitating Dad and had been toying with me. So... I um I don't know, I was laying in bed and I heard sound of a woman crying. And for some reason the first thing that came to my mind was it must be my mum. Dad's around my mum and he's letting me hear her cry. The second I said that to myself, I heard my dad and the voice it sounded different. It sounded um more distant and echoey than his voice had previously. Um, And he said, that's not your mother. Do not listen to it. And just the word it, him saying it, it freaked me out. My blood went boiling. Like I just, I got the cold and hot chills. I was sweating. I was like, and then I felt, I was closing my, I closed my eyes and I'm like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. But I could feel and kind of see in my mind's eye this shadow creeping up beside me next to the bed. Um, And I could feel, like I could feel it was right in my face. Um, I refused to open my eyes, but I could hear snickering, like little chuckles and, and then it just went dead quiet and I was waiting for something extreme to happen. And then I just heard it clear as day, I'm the devil, I'm the devil, it's the devil, and laughing. It freaked me out so much. Like my heart was pounding out of my chest. And then I heard my dad screaming, stop telling her you're the devil, get away from my daughter. Um, And, yeah, then I got really freaked out. Like it kind of gave me a bit of comfort because I realised obviously it's not the devil, it's something that's messing with me being a little jerk. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. Um, yeah, it was just freaky. I'd never, yeah, I'd never, I'd never even taken into consideration that demonic beings or interdimensional beings could be real. I just thought, oh, it's all just fantasy and yeah, a whole bunch of malarkey. Like (laughs) I've always believed in after, um, the afterworld, but I never believed in these demonic, uh, so-called demonic beings, um, um, 
yeah, so I was just freaking out and laying in bed. My heart was racing 100 miles an hour and then I just kept hearing him just laughing and kept repeating, I'm the devil, ha, 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 you thought it was your dad, ha, 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 and all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, I felt really sick. And then I'm laying there and then I just freaked out and in my head I just screamed, just fuck off, just get away, just get the fuck out. And as soon as I did that, I felt the energy in like just intensify so much and I just instantly thought I should not have said that. Uh-oh, I really should not have said that. And then I didn't hear anything for a while. And then out of nowhere, I had my daughter laying in the bed next to me because I was a bit freaked out and we were going through grief. Um, she was about seven at the time. Out of nowhere, I felt a hand pull the back of my hair and it was so such a tight grip and I'm freaked out. I couldn't move at first and then I turned around. It was my daughter's hand. She was fast asleep and she's grabbing my hair. And I, I went to um I went to grab her hand and it was oh it was just cold and it it was a vice grip. I'm like, I don't know how that happened, but I immediately just got the feeling. I touched all over her body, her face, her other arm, I checked under the blankets, everywhere. All her body was normal body temperature, except for the hand that was grabbing my my hair and she was fast asleep. Um so I pried her hand off my hair and then I just said, said, don't you ever use my daughter again. Get the hair out. Um, and then I kind of, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, that kind of helped me to go to sleep because having to be defensive of my daughter kind of made me brave up a bit. Right. Um, but, yeah, she didn't stir at all. And I asked her in the morning, oh, did how'd you sleep last night? She's like, yeah, fine. I said, did you wake up at any time? No, no, no. She didn't remember any of it. She was out cold, just fast asleep. Um, And then, yeah, once I, once it became apparent that there was this mimicking being that had been mimicking my father and they knew that I knew it just got, went worse. And um, they would just constantly, I'd get this image of, a low-lying being crawling on all fours with a long tail coming up towards my bed and I'd hear little, I'd hear like a clairaudient. It was always always clairaudient voice, like an in-your-head voice, right? oral voice, um, and they'd just be whispering and mocking. and um, But a few nights after that, it yeah the energy was really dark and I had this image of this four-legged being just like with a tail crawling up alongside my bed and as if someone was standing right next to me I heard it through my ears they just said and it freaked me out it was I jumped up and then I'm like oh what do I do I shouldn't I, I can't acknowledge that they're here but I'm like, but they know that you know that they're here. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get up and pretend I'm going to the toilet and then I'm going to come back and go to bed. Everything will be fine. I got up and went to the bathroom. While I was in there, I heard something running through the house and knocking something over. It sounded like a full-grown man running through the house and like running into a bit of furniture or knocking a, a little wooden crate or something like that. 
And I told myself, it's just the animals. The animals are running through the house. I only had one at the time, actually, my little chihuahua. I'm like, it's just Jewel. She's, she's just running through the house. It's fine. I came back to go to bed and my dog was fast asleep on the end of my bed. And that's when I said, no, stuff this. I got my daughter up. I got my dog. I hightailed it to my mum's. <laughs> that, was, that was about 11.20 at night. And then I'm just sitting out the front of my mum's house going, okay, what do I do? How do I go in and tell my mother I've just been scared out of my house by a ghost? Like, um, she'll think I'm on drugs. So I sat in the car for about 20 minutes. My daughter was unaware of what was going on. Um, and then I went inside and I just told mum, look, this is what's just happened. And, yeah, the first thing she asked me was, because I was, I was talking to mum about quitting cigarettes and going on Champix, uh, which is a, a tablet that affects your neurology um, to stop you from smoking. But if, you, if you're predispositioned to mental illness, it can um, create psychosis episodes, nightmares, blah, blah, blah. So the second I told, I told mum what happened, she was like, right. So have you started taking Champix then? <laughs> I, said, I said, no, mum, I haven't even filled the script out. Um, she didn't know what to think. She might have thought, because I had a history of um, alcohol and drugs when I was younger, so I'm, I'm sure that the first thing, first place her mind went to was she's going through the grief, grief of losing her father, she's back on drugs, um, which I wasn't. I, yeah, I didn't, didn't lapse didn't relapse um good for you but within two days um some odd stuff started happening around happening around mum's house um she still won't tell me what happened when I was at work but all I know is she went from being a skeptic one day to I went to work for 10 hours and I came back and she had salted the house and I said, why is this? I come back in and I said, why is there salt at the front door? She said, oh, I just, um, I just after everything you said, I just, I'm taking it on board and I just thought I would Google how to get rid of low vibration entities. So she had salted the doors, the windows, everything. She, I don't know if something happened to her or she just started to believe me more or, but I, for her to go that far, I think maybe something had happened to her and she was, yeah, she'd kind of been convinced I'm not 100% convinced this is real but just in case let's do this. It sounds like it to me yeah it certainly sounds like something may have happened to your mum that she experienced something to me as well. I've got to ask you a question Belinda do you feel that this being that was affecting you after your father's death do you think it was um were you in the same house oh no you'd moved out of that flat eh yeah do you think that the beings from that flat followed you? Yes yeah, I definitely do. It was the same voice, the same feeling. Um, um, so for the first two or three days after I left mum's house, I felt safe. I didn't feel like I had the beings around me. Um, but then I think I went back in the middle of the day to retrieve some items and I think then they kind of understood, oh, she's not coming back, and they followed me because um, I'd start to get a sense of those same beings lurking at the window at night as I was trying to sleep. I'd close my eyes and every time I close my eyes, even for a split second, I'd just see these demonic looking faces. And um, 
I could, yeah, feel them and hear them at the window. But I don't know, for some reason, being at mum's, I had a strength I didn't have at home and I was very protective protective of my mum. I set the clear and firm boundary when I walked in that house. I said, you are not to follow me in this house. You are not to disturb my mother. You stay out. And they seemed to adhere to that. And I don't know if it was that and a combination of the salting of the perimeters, but they would lurk around the perimeter of, of the house but did not enter. Um, and then it started to, well, that kind of limited the time that they could harass me. So um, so they started to make their presence known in the car on my way to to and from work. And I'd just constantly hear this voice, this one voice. I'd feel like someone was lurking just, you know, this far behind my, my neck the whole time. Um, and I'd just constantly hear this voice, get ready. Are you ready? And it was just like like this threat, like they were just really mentally toying with me, like the ready, like like indicating that they were going to do something really big, but it never happened and it constantly had me on edge, constantly had my heart racing. I was waiting to see a full-blown apparition. I was waiting for them to interfere with the car. I was waiting for something, but it was just they did that for months and months and months, just um, really, really enjoyed toying with me, um, kicking the back of my seat while I'm driving, um, tugging on my seatbelt so that it went taut and firm around my stomach, um, just all all these little things to really mentally toy with me. Um, and then this one day at work, um, I remember going for a smoke break at work. As soon as I stood out in my spot to have my smoke, these three crows landed on the fence in front of me. It was so eerie. Um, and the, the crow in the middle had like white eyes. It was like like a crow that had been blinded or something. And it was picking at the dead carcass of another bird. And it just felt like it was no coincidence. They landed right in front of me. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. It really, it really put me in a, in a tizzy that, um, it was like something out of a Stephen King movie or something and it just felt like I was being taunted by these birds picking at the the flesh of this dead bird and I felt like it was um, a message from them that that's what they were doing to my father's spirit kind of thing. That, yeah. Um, so that kind of freaked me out and I could just hear them everywhere I went. I'd try and go in a room to hide and I'd just hear this snickering voice just making idle threats to me and laughing and um, mocking me and it really got me in a hyper state. Um, I, don't know, I don't know why it just really, really got me in a hyper state. It felt really terrifying. Um, and I recall that I, that when I saw that, I recalled this, flash vision thing I'd had about a month earlier I was driving home turning right at this roundabout and as I was driving I saw my car flip and roll and I died um and when I saw those crows picking at the dead the flesh of that dead bird that vision played over in my head and I'm like what is this why what's 
what's going on. I don't know. how. Why did I see that vision? Was it a premonition? Was it a warning? Um, and I went to message my sister and out of nowhere my dad's picture came up on my phone. Um, and I'm like, what the hell? Like I is what is was that, did dad send me that message saying is that and I, I don't know. I somehow pieced together that that vision was a warning that if I drove home that night, these beings were going to scare me so much that I was going to roll my car. Um, so I refused to go home. <laughs> I, I went to my boss that I must have sounded like I was um, an escape mental patient or on drugs or something because I was in such a state. I wasn't making sense. Um, I was trying to tell, tell my boss that I was had these attachments that I'd he was just looking at me very concerned. I said, I know I sound crazy. I said, get get the hospital to bring a um, a team to come and give me a mental health assessment. Get get the police to come and do a, a, a drug screening. I said, I, I know how it sounds and I know how I look. You don't understand how scared I am. Um, he's like, no, 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 I believe you. But, yeah, he, obviously they just thought I was going through grief and losing the plot, I think. Um, so I, I refused to go home that night. I called my sister and my mum and I told them what happened. And I said, I just, I can't drive home. I have a really bad feeling. If I drive home, I'm going to roll my car. I'm going to die. I can't drive home. Can you come pick me up? Um, so they came and picked me up. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't escape. I just kept going to different places at my workplace, trying to escape this voice. I, I, I captured two photos that were um, very, very clear captures of unearthly beings and I showed my boss. I went to show my boss actually and this voice said, you show him that photo him. So I, I'm like, I can't, okay, okay, okay. I can't do that to my boss. I can't. I didn't show him the photos. So I'm just sounding like a raving lunatic. Um, and I'm waiting down the end of my workplace to get picked up and these two junkies approached me and started talking to me and I don't know everything felt like a threat and like a message and like a kind of said to me the message was that this is how we're making you look this is what everyone's going to think they're not going to believe you that we're here everyone's going to think you're deranged and that you're back on drugs and we're going to convince them that you are um not long after I saw that, I looked down and there is a bag of methamphetamine right in front of me and it felt like they were trying to tempt me. They're like, you're weak, you're going to go back to use that, even though I hadn't used that in years. Um, and I just said, nah, and walked straight over it. I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not. Um, and at that moment I looked up into this unused office. It's used during the day but at nighttime it's not. And there was this huge shadow figure with glowing red eyes. And I thought I had gone batshit crazy. I had heard people saying about stuff like that before. And I'm just like, yeah, you've just watched too much Supernatural. Like, <laughs> I'm back to the real world. But I saw it. It would have been seven to eight foot tall, just black, no real distinguished features. It was a solid, it was like a, a shadow person but glowing red eyes like it was like a 
like the red glow you'll see on a on an appliance that's turned off and I'm like what the hell mm. um and then not long after that my my uh, mother and my sister turned up to pick me up um um yeah it was yeah that was crazy I'd never seen anything that insane in my life <laughs> um so it went on for months and months and months um I eventually got onto a local paranormal investigation team. Um, they came in to do a few investigations in the house that I was in. Um, and they did straight away. They picked up um, EVPs confirming suspicions that I'd had. Um, they, I don't know, I would hear... I remember doing one session with them and the, there was a lady with me um, and I, she's asking questions. What are you, why are you doing this? What is your problem? What, what's going on? Um, and I heard clear as day, my name being said long and drawn out. Belinda. I said, you're going to pick up a name. You're going to pick up a voice right there. Cause I heard them saying my name when they went back to review the EVP from that session, um, they didn't hear my name being said, but after I say, you're going to pick up a voice right there, someone said my name, you hear a male saying, yeah, I said it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's a few, a few times when I was walking around, I'm like, I feel like someone's touching me. Um, and you hear voices confirming, yeah, it was me. There was a few different voices in there. There was one malicious male voice kept coming through. Um, there was a female voice, um, but the malicious male voice, he was, yeah, I did it. Um, the, the woman's voice was actually quite funny. She goes, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. Um, but they were asking, why are you doing this to her? What is your gig? What, what, what problem do you have with Belinda? And you hear the class A EVP. I wish I had a copy of it, but you hear this male voice saying, I fucking hate her. And it gave me chills down my back. And I'm like, oh, like, why? Why do you hate me? Like, what's, I don't know. Um, yeah, so it went on for months and months. They tried to clear us multiple times um, through remote clearing. Um, yeah. It, and they'd say, oh, yeah, it's all good. It's taken care of, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm telling you because I can still hear the hear the entity um no 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 we've definitely cleared your house oh, and they'd get, get mediums to come in and sage the house and they're like they're gone they're gone you're safe I'm like I'm not I can still sense someone right above me I don't know if they're out of the house but I can still sense them and I can literally hear him mocking you laughing saying they think they've gotten rid of me you can't escape from me I know where you're going everywhere you go I know where you are um and they, they wouldn't listen to me, but they came back and did repeat recordings. Um, I remember one night we did a nighttime session and everywhere I went, this being was just off to the side, like I could feel them. They said, okay, we want to do this. I couldn't get it through to them that it wasn't the house that was haunted. Now it was me. Um, 
they said, okay, we're going to get, we're going to let, get you to leave the house. Can you just drive to my wife's house? I'm like shaking in my boots. I said, it's the middle of the night. These things taunt me in the car. You're not, I said, you're not going to get any activity after I leave because it's going to follow me. Um, they wouldn't listen anyway. It followed me. Um, their house is heavily protected. So it was again, waiting and lurking at the windows. I could feel just to my right, I could just feel. And I went to the bathroom. I could feel that's then lurking out that bathroom window. It's just tormenting and just constant. Um, and as I actually left their house to go back, uh, they told me the next day that when they saw me that his wife, who does see spirit with her eyes, saw this shadowy four-legged thing on top of my car. Um, then they then they kind of started to believe that, oh, yeah, she knows what she's talking about. She is being haunted. It's not just that. They did EVP sessions in the car and picked up the same voice. They came to – I ended up buying a new house because there was no way I wanted to come back to that house, which, funnily enough, I now live at. <laughs> I'm back at that house now because <laughs> I realised it's not the house. It was me. Mm. Uh, yeah, I ended up buying a new house and they kept telling me, oh, it's all right. Your old house has been cleared. You're fine. You're fine. There's, there's nothing going to be at the new house. I'm like, you're wrong. Um, I remember one time they did a clearing session at the house and they were like, yep, it's all good. We can feel it. It's gone. Uh, being confirmed, it's definitely been taken care of. Our guides have taken care of it, blah, blah, blah. I just rolled my eyes and shook my head. I said, it's not. I heard it. It's very distant. It's like it knew, it's one, always one step ahead of you. It knew what you were going to do. So it took off to another realm or another, it extracted itself from this position. I can hear it. It sounds really distant, but it it said you think you can hide from me, you can't. I know exactly where you're going and I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> so this was at the time where this haunting was really intense. It was, I was very scared, blah, blah, blah. I could feel him. I was sitting out the front on the veranda and I could feel him right in my face. I could feel him just staring at me and I was playing with my phone. I had a feeling I should take a photo and then he actually mocked me and said, take a photo, I dare you. And I took the photo and I opened it instantly and I pretty much almost dropped my phone. It scared me. I saw his face right there instantly. I took multiple photos in succession actually and that's the only one that that face appears in. Um, and when we moved into the new house, activity picked up very quickly. There was there was some resident spirits there but there was those um, entities that followed us as well. Right. I was in that new house for all of half an hour when the back door slammed and I heard a male voice yelling at me to get out. Um, my daughter and her cousins came around after school that day to check out the new house and within 20 minutes my daughter come running, screaming, screaming up the hall saying, Mummy, there's something in there following me. I said, what do you mean something in there following you? She said, I can see this shadow with spiky hair and it keeps following me up and down the halls. And I had seen out of the corner of my eye in her bedroom mirror, I thought I kept seeing something in there. But I said to myself, no, you've got a lot of kids running around or you just, you're just on guard because of past experiences, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I said, are you sure it's not the kids running up and down the hall? Are you sure it's not shadows of them? 
She said, no, all the kids were hiding in the wardrobe in the spare room and I saw it. And she said, and then it stood in my doorway and said, stop. Um, but she was very particular that it had spiky hair or a spiky head. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that was. Um, but, yeah, so that continued <laughs> It continued on for months, seven or eight months. We had these beings. Um, I tried cleansing. I tried being cleared. I tried salt baths. Um, I got, I recall one one medium they got involved, um, an international medium they got involved, and she's very of a religious belief. She said, oh, it's okay, it's okay, just say this prayer. Say this prayer, you'll be fine. I'm like, uh, I don't feel very confident with that. She's like, trust me, I've been doing this for many years, I've had many clients that this has worked with, blah, 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 say the Lord's Prayer. Um, I started repeating that, but... I'm not a religious person, um, so I didn't have much faith. It was more like clinging onto a hope that this was going to be a magic pill. Right. I was at work and I started feeling burning on my chest. And I'm like, that is really, it was like a, a weird burn, like kind of like if you get lemon juice in a cut or something, like it was. A stinging burn. Yeah, exactly. Um I look down and I see this scratch on my chest, pretty superficial, but it was a scratch. And then I look back later and there's another scratch and it's gone into a cross shape. And I'm like, what the? And then there's another scratch and it ended up going into like a, almost like a weird curved H. I just kept getting scratches and scratches all on my chest, very superficial, but fine scratches. I have photos of them somewhere. Um, which I can send you later if you want. Um, I was freaking out, wondering what the hell is this? Right. These paranormal investigators that were helping me out, they're too egotistical to listen and um, <sighs> very doom and gloom. He was always telling me, oh, yeah, the dark ones are coming, the dark ones are coming, they're going to win. It's, it's only a matter of, uh, it's not a matter of, us beating them it's just a matter of us fending them off for as long as we can and he had me convinced that yep you've you're you're being tagged now you'll be you'll be tagged you'll be tarnished for life they'll follow you for life blah 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 blah. he was very he really made the situation worse he and I strongly believe now that that um had I not got these people involved it wouldn't have escalated to the point where it where it did right right I think they were unknowingly working with dark beings themselves. So how did you eventually get rid of this entity? Well, they tried remote clearing multiple times and I would feel like it would work momentarily. Um, but unknown to me, these beings were also appearing to my daughter at school. Um, so I was putting up my defences, doing my psychic protection and saying, you can't come into this house, putting protective domes around the house, blah, 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 um, having these people remotely clear them. And then unknown to me, they were coming and appearing to my daughter as her pop, my dad, in the bathroom mirror at school and asking her to let them come back in the house. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, took quite a few months to convince her that she wasn't seeing Pop. 
um, finally did get through to her and it upset her so much. She, she's like, she, she appeased me for a while and was like, yeah, mom, okay. I'll, I won't let them back in. And then after stuff started getting really intense, um, an encounter with a hag lady, which I'll tell you about in a second. Um, she, and, and they, our animals started getting targeted. Um, then she really freaked out. I, I had to put the fear of God into her pretty much and just say, they are now targeting our animals. Um, we've already, one of our, our cat was slammed between two doors and had an injury to their leg. Um, our little chihuahua was constantly hiding. She's normally like a little shadow and will follow me around everywhere. She was constantly hiding. I went into my bedroom one time and she's just laying on her side with her eyes bulging out of her head going <laughs> like something was freaking her out. Um, and I had to, yeah, use the fear of the dogs. Are, the animals are going to get really injured or possibly die if you do not say these beings can't come into the house anymore. Um, and then she said, yes, I know, Mum. I, I, I told you that I, I told them they couldn't come anymore, but, but I didn't want to believe that it wasn't Poppy, so I keep letting them back in. Um, and, yeah, and then after, after she realised the animals could very well get really badly hurt or die from this, then she put a foot down and started saying no. And I taught her defences how to block them out and um, about shielding and, um, yeah, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the hag ladies. So that was another interesting one. Um, when, sorry, I am jumping all over. It's okay. We were talking about how you got rid of them. I researched and joined some psychic development groups and empath groups and learned about psychic defenses. Um, and I started detaching myself emotionally, physically, and energetically from investigators, um, and once I did that, I just found this newfound confidence and strength. And I, um, I kind of, yeah, like, kind of took back my power. And I kind of had a moment with myself where I was like, okay, so you have gone through months of torment and it's been terrifying. But honestly, what is the worst thing that has happened? Have you been harmed physically? You got superficial scratches. They made all these threats about killing your family, about killing your pets, about killing you. Did that happen? No. They're obviously full of hot, full of hot air. So I just kind of, yeah, took back my own power and just said, nah, you know what? Blocking you, you're gone. End of story. Um, <laughs> and it was amazing how when I stopped listening to that idiot's doom and gloom stories about how it's going to be targeted for life and took back my own power, it slowly diminished. Um, until I felt safe again. And if I did ever feel a presence, I was just like, no, nah, I'm putting on my helmet. I have these visual aids um, and one is like a impenetra impenetrable metal helmet and I see the spirit words as arrows and they just deflect off my helmet. And, yeah, and just simple stuff like that. And I was like, you don't need all this ooga booga You just need your own power um, and you just need to have confidence that you're safe. This is primarily your realm and, yeah. So, yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was very, a very empowering moment. That's so awesome. You know, that's always what I tell people, Belinda. Spirit only ever has as much power over you as you give it. Oh, that's awesome. You did everything right that you finally realised that you had the power and intent is 
everything. Intent is everything. Yes, yes. That is such an important thing. That's what everyone asks all these questions about different things. I'm like, I don't think the practice, like they have all these ritualistic, you can do all these rituals till the cows come home, but intent is the is the absolute in my Facebook group, Walking the Shadowlands, I always tell the members that intent is everything. Intent is everything. You can spiritually cleanse your house until the cows come home, but if you don't intend to clean it, if your intentions are not clear, if you think that it won't work, then it never will. That's exactly it. And that's why people, I always get into um, discussions discussions with people who are of a very religious background and they're oh you just need to pray you just need to pray no that works for you but why does it work it's because of the lord no it's because of your faith and your intent it's um just like people will swear by you sage it and it will get rid of it that's it works for you because that's your intent yeah 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 prayer works for that person because that's their intent and their yeah. faith and their belief it's yeah I tried all sorts of techniques i was guaranteed burn frankincense, it will work. Uh, burn, burn sage, it will work. I got laughed at when I burnt sage. I got growled at when I burnt frankincense. Um, yeah, the only thing that ultimately worked was learning my own inner strength and power, setting my intent and, yeah, fending for myself. Yeah. What a powerful learning to pass on to listeners, actually, Belinda. That's really awesome because it was pretty scary for you and I'm sure there were times when you felt like you were losing your mind for sure. Definitely. And there was times, especially when I bought into beliefs that I was going to be targeted for life, it really scared me. But out of all of that have come a lot of positives. I mean, just look how strong you are today. Oh, definitely. And I, it's, it's so surreal looking back on it now and, um, yeah, and that's what I always tell people when I when I talk to new friends about my story or whatever, and they're like, "Oh my God, how do you get through that?" I'm just it's like, "Well, I'm really appreciative for it. Like, it's 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 brought me to a new level of self appreciation, self understanding, self awareness, um, strength. It's and not only that, it forced me into a position where I bought myself another house, and now I have an investment property. So." <laughs> <laughs> so inadvertently they helped you out well done you oh this has been so interesting Belinda I can't thank you enough for sharing your pretty scary story with us all I really appreciate it and I'm sure that your story will encourage and inspire others as well thank you so much thank you bye I hope you've enjoyed your journey this episode and that at least it's made you think about things, about other realms, about the Shadowlands. Next week I have a really interesting episode for you which I will give out more information about over social media during the week as we get closer to the episode. But it's one you won't want to miss. And so you don't miss it, be sure and subscribe to the Walk in the Shadowlands podcast on iTunes, Spotify and all podcasting platforms. Also, if you enjoyed our show, then please leave a positive rating and written review on iTunes. Spread the word around about this podcast and tell your friends, your family, your workmates. Encourage them to listen and subscribe also. 
As always, I would love to hear your experiences or thoughts. You can email me at shadowlands at yahoo.com. And if you like this podcast, please consider supporting me on patreon.com. You can check the link out on our website, www.walkingtheshadowlands.com. Thank you so much for listening. Tonight, today, wherever you are in this beautiful world of ours, we'll see you this time next week. Thanks for listening. 